Today we paint a picture of four churches. It's actually four successive ways of appreciating and understanding God's power and His work through His people in the earth. All the way from a good civic institution that benefits society to the absolutely astounding and amazing purpose of God in an eternal entity that He has created his own body to help bring his kingdom to this earth. Four churches. Let's get into it. Thank you, friend, for joining us at Arlington United. We're reading today from uh, the book of Matthew, just one scripture. The setting is uh, Peter has made a profound confession. He has confessed that Jesus is the Christ. Now that is the Greek word for the Messiah. The Jewish context of this confession is Peter is saying, you are the one who will renew all the hopes of the covenant people of God. How many believe today that Jesus is the one who renews the hopes of the covenant people of God? We can truly confess today that Jesus is the Christ. Sometimes when we say Jesus Christ, it's almost like we think it's his last name, like Bob Smith. Christ is not his last name. Jesus is his name, but Christ is his title. He is Messiah. He is the Deliverer, and he's the one who renews all the promises of the covenant people. So Peter has made this confession, and uh, that's what he says in verse 16. In verse 17, Jesus says, you're blessed, because flesh and blood didn't show you this, but your Father in heaven showed you this. This is a revelation. That's what happens when God's truth meets our spirit over and above what our intellect can grasp and God shows us his reality that's called revelation. And that comes from God. Today, I can teach you well or poorly, but the only thing that can truly change you is God revealing his truth to you through his word and his spirit. That happened to Peter and Jesus said, you're blessed. And then he said in verse 18, our text today, I tell you that you're Peter, and on this rock, this understanding, this confession, this revelation, I will build, everybody say the next two words. Y'all did so awesome. Do it again. Say it again. My church. I'm going to build my church. Notice the pronoun. We're all said, where do you go to church? Oh, I, I go to Brother, Brother Smith's church. I go to Brother White's church. I go to Brother... Brown's church or whatever. It's Jesus' church. It's, it's his church. He said, I'm going to build my church. And then that very famous B part of the section, the gates of hell will never prevail against his church. It might your church. It might my church. It might that church. It might that other church. But it will never prevail against his church. Today, the Holy Spirit's going to speak to us through the Word of God on the four churches, the four churches. Lord, I pray that you bless your people today that are present in this room. I pray that you bless your people that are congregated through electronic means, through the, the Zoom broadcast that is live right now, and through those that are listening to the podcast in, in a future time. We pray for their spirits as well to receive your Word. Bless us all today by the power of your Spirit and the truth of your Word. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I want to share with you today a picture. 
It's, it's, it's four pictures, actually, of four churches. We're going to progress through four churches. And, and not to, to uh, unbury the lead here, but I'm going to tell you, as we progress through each of the four, they are preferred churches. They're preferred churches. I, I'm going to ask you today to take a journey and become a member of four churches. Four churches. But it's like those Russian nesting dolls. They're, they're kind of inside of one another. Thomas, you don't have to get in your car and, and leave mid-sermon and go join somewhere else. I'm just asking you to be a part of four churches. And you'll see as we progress that we're climbing to higher and higher ground. We're deeping more, digging more deeply, if you will, into the ground of, of, God's, of God's truth. The first church I want to introduce you to today is that church. That church. You know, there are people in this town, who's Arlington United? Well, that's that church that uh, they got a blue deal and uh, they show up and they got water bottles and they've got their name on They always, they're the ones who do the concerts with a banjo. We passed the crossing last night and Jude boy was, he saw the crossing and he said, banjo, daddy. Because he recognizes that church is the banjo concert church. You're, we're known in town to be that church. That's that church where they speak in tongues, or that's that church where they pray for the sick, or that's that church that they started, and, and uh, it was going to be by the railroad track, now it's behind the pediatrician. It's a description of a church in a town. Let me tell you something. There's nothing wrong with being that church. There is a glorious blessing that comes to a community when a church is formed. There are approximately 17 in this town, and our very first sermon in May, three years ago, for our very first preview service, wasn't sure if anybody besides our family would come and, you know, mid-morning trying to get ready, wasn't sure we'd all make it. But that first service, I said, why plant another church? There's already 16 here. Because there's 13,000 people in our county. And our churches don't run 1,000 apiece. There's plenty of unchurched people in our city. There's plenty of people in our town that need the Spirit of God to touch them. What's unique about that church? Well, let me tell you what's unique about a church. Among all the institutions that our community has, a church is the only place you can walk in, and if you are breathing, you are welcome. In our church, in fact, if you're not breathing, we will pray for you to be resurrected. Because <laughs> we're full-on crazy around here. We believe in the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit. So if you are alive or recently alive, as much as four days, we will pray for you. You are welcome in a church. You go down to the fire department. Mike's a nice guy. But you hang around the fire department for about an hour, they're going to look at you like a tree full of owls and say, Janae, we appreciate you being here, but why? You're, you know, we got fires to fight. We got old people that fall and we got to go get them. They can't get up. What are you doing here? You can... You can go to a schoolhouse. You'll have to buzz your way in. But then, Sheila, you're going to need to make your way to the office. And if you brought some muffins to give the teachers, it's all fine. But sit around for 45 minutes, and they're going to be asking some questions. I love the Waffle House. Ding, ding, ding. There's your cue, Preston. I love the Waffle House. It's a nice place. Preston and I plan on going there later this week. Let me tell you something. You roll into Waffle House, sit down, don't order anything for about an hour. Just get out your computer, maybe kick up your feet a little bit, just look around, start taking pictures, just start shaking hands with people, fellowshipping, 
what you do here on Sunday. It'll be about 30 minutes. And they're going to look at you and say, what are you doing here? Because everywhere else in our community, you need a purpose to be there. And not everyone is welcome. But through that door, the blood of Jesus Christ in the Spirit hangs out a sign that says, if you were created by God, you were created for God, and you can be worked upon through God, and the people of God will call on the name of God for the power of God to transform you into a saint of God. I stand here flat-footed today, and I say, we are that church where everybody is welcome, and it is a blessing to our community. We are not here to receive from our community. We are here to bless our community. Arlington is blessed because Arlington United is that church. Amen? A church changes the community in tangible ways. Morality rises when a church is planted. Churchgoers are more likely, I didn't say 100%, but they are more likely to have stable marriages. They're more likely to have two-parent homes. They're more likely to pay their bills. They're more likely to be healthy. Did you know that going to church will add as many as 5 to 10 years to your life? Say, well, depending on how long you preach, it might take some away. No, it doesn't take it all away. God makes you healthier by participating in His Word. It's kind of amazing. Churchgoers, uh, they have better relationships. It's just, it's a good thing to plant a church. Even if there were boring sermons, even if there was bad music and people sang off key, even if people looked at you weird and didn't eat your potato salad at the potluck, it's just a good thing to have that church around. But I thank God people sing, they, they sing very well today. If you don't like that, singing something wrong with you. And if you don't like to play the Sabbath last week, there's something really wrong with you. We have a great church here. But just to be part of that church is, it, it's good. But I'm thankful that we're not just one of 17 because, and it's not just that we want to reach more unchurched people. I'll tell you today, we do offer something that is unique in our religious landscape in our community. And that is because I believe with all my heart, we actually teach what the apostles taught. We baptize in water in the name of Jesus as the apostles did. We worship as the apostles worship. We pray for the sick as they did. We see them recover as they did. And I'm thankful that we're not only one church among many, but I'm thankful that the Lord's power does move in our services. I'm not here to criticize anyone else or their walk with God. I'm not here to cast aspersions on anyone. And I thank God for the other 16 or 16 and a half or 17 or how many ever there are. And I pray that God's spirit will fall on all of them. Many of their leaders are my friends. But I am thankful today that I can speak for this church and say that the word of God is alive and it is powerful and that God is moving. Although we are small in number, we are great in power, not because of who we are, but because of who he is through us. And I am thankful today that we have a church. Are you thankful? Church number one, that church. But that church will do the community some good, but it'll never do you any good. If you just drive by and say, there's that church. Jim, aren't you nine? It may be full of great people, but if you just drive by and say, there's that church. Sheila says, yeah, there it is. That church doesn't affect your family. It just affects everybody else's family. It's good that it's in the community. It makes Mike Wisman's life better. It's good for him. It's good for Hugh Lamar, I guess, hanging up his signs, running for school board. It's good for Harry. But 
to get into your family, that church has to become church number two, and that's my church. When that church becomes my church, Lisa, that's a step higher. And you, you've now entered that second church. My church makes a difference. It is, it's a statement that shifts from that's a nice church, they're doing nice things, to this is where I belong. There's something about the ownership and belonging of the personal pronoun that says that's my church. That's my church. It's not Pastor Jackson's church. It's not Pastor Ellsworth's church. It's not St. Sheila's church. It's, it's my church. It's my church. I belong there. There's a sense of accountability that comes when people consider Arlington United their home church. When you determine that the place where you receive hope and you receive healing and you receive comfort and you receive sound doctrine is in the local church, you have taken a huge step forward. Please let me help you understand something. In order to make heaven your home, God's design. Now, you can holler that you've made a separate deal that's outside of God's engineered plan. But let me tell you, the scriptural design was that he intends to get you to heaven through a relationship with a local church body. He intends to put you in fellowship. God never designed Christianity to be a completely individual experience. It is to be an organic experience where you are related to a body. We are baptized into one body. We are not baptized into a petri dish to be grown as a cell line. We are an eye, a hand, a finger, a foot, a toe. We're different parts of the body that are grafted together. It is a signal moment in the life of this pastor when I hear one of you precious people recount how you were talking with someone else and you say to them, I love my church. Even if you said to them, there's some things about my church that I wish would change. At least you said it's yours. That ownership matters. That's the second church. It's when the existence of Arlington United stops being merely a civic value and begins to bring you personal spiritual value when you say it's my church. That's when Arlington United stops simply ministering to families and begins to minister to your family. That church, my church, our church. Oh, we're going to have to step up higher now. We're going to have to go deeper now. That church is the one you drive by. My church is the one you come to, but our church is the one you share. You see, when it's my church, I'm looking to get my way. When it's my church, I'm coming to be ministered to. When it's my church, it really matters what song they sing. When it's my church, the service format, whether I was, uh, you know, featured in the, the uh, I don't know, the program or the, 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 the cooking or whatever, you know, my church is my prerogative. You know, it's, it's not as great as our church. You see, when you say our church, you, you, you begin to step beyond belonging into the realm of contributing. This is what I love about Arlington United. We have very few sitters in our church. We have a lot of workers in our church. We have a lot of prayers in our church. We have a lot of carers in our church. We've got a lot of texters in our church. We've got a lot of witnesses in our church. Because when you move from my church, that's where I go to get what I need, into our church, that's where I go to serve others. Oh, 
Our church is a pretty good church. Our church is better than my church, and it's better than that church because our church is where I go, Ginger, to have God's Spirit move through me. When you say our church, you're beginning to recognize the value of living together in community as the body of Christ. When we move from saying my church to our church in our spirit, in our souls, what's happening is we are, we're signaling that we're not just coming to have our needs met, but we're indicating that we know where to come to allow God to move through us to meet the needs of others. That's the difference in immature discipleship and mature discipleship. Immature disciples come only to be fed. And yes, Brother Mark, we do need to be fed. We are still sheep. But mature disciples not only come to be fed, they come to be led by the Spirit to others who are hungry. It's, you know, my church looks like this. It's a big funnel. I want to be under the spout where the glory comes out. I've heard that preached before. Okay, fine. But being a cistern is not what we're here for. We don't want to just collect. We want to be a conduit where the power of God flows through us, not just to us, and reaches others. That's what our church is all about. That's what Arlington United was built for, is to minister to every person in our community by the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes, I want you to be healed. Yes, I want you to be saved. Yes, I want you to be happy. Yes, I want you to have a great marriage and go to Alabama and celebrate. Yes, I want everything to work out your way. I want your bills to be paid. I want the, the prognosis to be great. But yes, even over and above that, you know, my church has a lot of benefits, but our church benefits everybody because we share. And when we share, it's just like the disciples. There are 12 baskets of fragments left over because once you start handing out what God gives you in our church, there will be so much more than everybody needs because our Savior is a miraculous provider. I'm so thankful that I get to worship Him at our church. God doesn't just place us in the church to allow us access to personal salvation. The new birth experience of water and spirit that Jesus prophesied in John 3 and again in John 7, in Luke 24 and in Acts 1, was not just to place us in the kingdom of God. It was to baptize us into the body of Christ. Again, 1 Corinthians 12 and 13, for by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. How did you join our church? Well, I wasn't born into it. I didn't sign a paper into it. I was kind of reborn into it. I had a new birth experience, and that put me in the middle of our church. Lisa, the way that you came to our church was through that water. You came to our church by being baptized into the body. I'm so thankful that we get to come to our church where our God does his business in our community. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God doesn't just give us a gift of the Holy Spirit to ensure our own salvation. He gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit to activate the subsequent gifts of the Spirit to enable our service to others. When you view it that way, the church becomes more than a place. It becomes a people. Jim, when you come to our church, our service doesn't stop at 3.30. Our service begins at 3.30 because we go forth to serve our neighbor in the name of the God that has delivered us. When you come to my church, you want to get something, but when you come to our church, you're looking to give because God is so great that he's blessed you so abundantly that you can't walk because you're just a full vessel and it just sloshes over and gets on everybody else because our church is a wonderful place to be filled with the Spirit of God. <laughs> Ceases to be an organization, it becomes an organism. It's because the church is not a building. 
the church is a body. Willie, I know what you mean when you say, I'll meet you at the church. We mean the building. But the truth is, if you and I meet at McDonald's, I've met you at the church. Because where you are, and where I am, and where Jesus is, that's our church. Our church today was at Rico's Tacos at 1045 until about 1105. Our church is where two or three are gathered, and he is in the midst. We don't have to get them to the building. We just need to get them to the people. And the power of God will move in our church because it's not that church. It's not my church. It's our church that God is moving in. Service is not a meeting we come to. It's an activity that we go to. We gather to worship, but we scatter to serve. And our church, listen to me, our church is an awesome church. Our church is a powerful church. Our church is a living church. That church you drive by and say, isn't that nice? Wish they had a bigger building. Oh, there's a cream parking lot. They got a nice logo. Look at that church. That church. My church is where you belong and where you get fed. But our church is where we serve. I've introduced you to three churches today I want you to be a member and a part of. Three churches. Our final church. Our final and fourth church today. That church. My church. Our church. How about his church? Oh. oh, I feel the power of the Holy Spirit now quickening our understanding because Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will never prevail against it. There are four monumental claims that are made in that short sentence that Jesus declared. Number one, hell cannot stand in front of God's church. Hell has no power to resist your prayer. Hell has no power to resist your intercession. It has no power to stand against your witness for Christ because if you are part of His church, you are unstoppable. I will say it again. If you are part of His church, you are unstoppable because His church is undefeated forevermore. His church is victorious. Number two, it is built on a solid foundation of the apostles and the prophets and the confession that Jesus is the Christ. This church is not built on programming. This church is not built on music. This church is not built on a facility. This church is not built on clever preaching or oratory. It's not built on fellowship and, and things that, that, you know, nice people. And we have all of those things. But I'm going to tell you something. This church is built on the solid foundation of the Word and the presence of God. It is built on the Holy Spirit. And we have a foundation. Number three, the claim of Jesus was that His church would be built. People say sometimes in sympathy and in, in, in nice words, they say things like, oh, you're digging out a work. Oh, you guys are building a church. Oh, you're doing this, you're doing that. And in my mind, I'm screaming at the top of my lungs, my God, I hope not. Because the church that I can build is not much of a church. I only know so many people. I got about 1,400 contacts in my phone, and if every one of them showed up, I'd have to give them $100 to get them here. I can't, I can't build a great big church on my own. I can't, I don't have enough charisma. I don't have enough personality. I don't have enough pull. But I'm telling you, the church that God can build is a victorious church. We don't have to worry about the church that you can build, Janae. We need to be a part of the church that God can build. And he said, it's my church. 
The gates of hell are not going to prevail against it. It's on a firm foundation, and I'm going to build that church. I don't want the church that I can build, but I'm dying to see the church that Jesus Christ can build in Arlington United. The church that God will build in our community if we will turn loose of that church and my church and even our church. Mark and say we want his church. Can I confess to you I've been praying some very dangerous, some very dangerous prayers of late. I've actually been praying that God will get rid of us if we're not part of his church and replace us with the people that he wants to be part of his church. I have actually prayed that God would not send the people that I invite, but he would actually send the people that he wants. I have prayed that if we have programs that are not part of his program, that he'll get rid of them and they'll die and they'll be unsuccessful. Thank God you showed up last week to the fellowship because I like to eat. But I've been praying that we won't just make programs, but we'll have his church and we'll be building what he's building and that he will be a part of everything. I don't want to do something and then pray that God blesses it. I want to find what he's blessing and I want to do that because I want to see his church built in our city. Amen? Amen. Amen. His church. And finally, 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 it belongs to him. Doesn't belong to me. Doesn't belong to you. You can all get together and, I guess, protest, vote me out, and come to my house, wave a sign, whatever. But it doesn't belong to you. I can get mad at all of you and say, I don't like Ginger anymore. I'm tired of Evan. We got to get somebody else playing the keyboard. That brother Jim, I, 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 you know, he really thinks that he wears a medal on his chest. He must think he's really. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. It ain't my church. It's not my church. It was bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. You have been redeemed with blood incorruptible and incorruptible price. It is His church. Oh my God, let's remember that the next time we open our mouth about our brother or our sister. Let's remember it's His church and it behooves us to treat it very gingerly and very tenderly and with a lot of care. Because that person that irritates you was bought by the blood of Jesus. That person that irritates me, they were put there in this body to help you mature as a Christian and as a disciple of Christ. We need one another. You're all nice people. I love you all. I'm not talking about anybody here, but I'm going to tell you, whomever God brings in this church, it is His church. It belongs to Him. And yes, you can be at that church. Yes, you can be at my church. Yes, you can be at our church. But we're going to blow the doors off this city spiritually if we can all get into His church and we'll see it with His power and His ways and His values and His blood. Don't worry about God's church today. Don't worry about God's church because Acts showed us in our meditation scripture that God bought it with his own blood and what God purchases, he doesn't purchase on layaway. He doesn't purchase it on credit. He pays in full. God is a spirit. He had no body, Brother Young, and he had no blood. So he came in the form of a baby, incarnate in Christ, and he lived and he died in Judea in order to purchase a church. And he is coming back for said same. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5 that he is making it a glorious church without spot or without wrinkle or any such thing. Look at me now. You can judge me. But on that day, I'm going to tell you, between now and then, the Spirit of God is doing something wonderful in me. The Spirit of God is doing something wonderful in you. And on that day, we're going to be perfected because He has bought a beautiful 
beautiful church and he's going to make us a beautiful bride. Stand with me today. Christ is the head of the church and he's the savior of the body. Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word that he might present it to himself a glorious church. And we just said it, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but it should be holy and without blemish. That's what we're living for today. That's what we're living for, to be a part of his church and to see the increase of his church in our community and around the world, to be conformed to his image that we might be transformed into part of his beautiful bride. Just a few moments, Brother Mark and Brother Jim are going to bring us the elements of communion, the bread and the grape juice, the fruit of the vine that we will use to commemorate the death, the burial and the resurrection of this wondrous Savior who has bought for himself his church. Lisa, he didn't buy that church. Not the one you drive by and don't care about. Just a nice little community element that makes people feel better. He, Ginger, he, he really didn't even come for your church, a place where you can go and have your needs met. Some kind of theological itch you needed scratched or something. It, it's not why he came. Rebecca, even our church. I, I rejoice at all of you who serve one another. But You know, the best we can do is the best we can do. And when we're serving one another, if it's not without his power, it only goes so far. But I'm so thankful today that he came for his church. He bought his church. And he is still in the middle of the building his church business. And he's making it exactly what he wants it to be. Communion is not just about remembrance of a past sacrifice. It's not just remembering the purchase price of the church that he thought we might become. But it is a prophetic act in which we not only look backwards to the past for what he did, but we're looking forward to the future for what he's going to do. We look at the church he bought but we become the church that he is making through his sacrifice. Because Sheila says that Jesus on that night that he's betrayed, he lifted the bread, he lifted the wine, and he said, as often as you eat this bread, and as often as you drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death. That's the looking back part. Watch this. Until he comes. When we take communion, we're looking back at what he bought. But we're looking forward to what we're going to be because of what he's making us. It's not just about Calvary. It's about the second return when he comes back and his bride is glorious. And every tongue and every nation is going to lift their hands and we're going to shout with a shout of praise. And the dead in Christ are going to rise and we're going to meet them in the air and we're going to be perfect. Not one more anxiety, not one more fear, not one more rogue cell, not one more hurt feeling, not one more family member that we're worried about. Everything's going to be okay because of the future that he's creating. Get your cup and get your wafer. And look backwards to the cross, yes. Honor him for the price he paid. That church. My church. Our church. But Lisa, when you hold that in your hands, 
you're holding the representation of his church. And his church is perfect. His church is glorious. And his church is going home one day. And we're not going to face any more of these trials and problems that we're walking around with now. Mary, it's going to be a great day. So communion is a prophetic act. We look backwards, but we look forward. Jim and Mark, would you come today? You're going to stand here and you're going to serve the body. We honor the sacrifice, but we await the triumph. We remember the cross with tears of sorrow for our sins that nailed him there. But we rejoice in the empty tomb and we anticipate the occupied throne. And we weep with tears of joy to know it is His love and His purchase of His church that affords us the opportunity to worship not only here, but to worship there. Hell is defeated, friends. And heaven is coming because this is His church. The kingdom of darkness has been ransacked by the firstborn from the dead because this is His church. And He is now calling to whosoever will to join Him in the company of the firstborn of many brethren because this is His church. Hebrews chapter 12. For you are come to Mount Zion and you are come to the city of the living God and the heavenly Jerusalem to an innumerable company of angels to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn which are written in heaven and to God the judge of all and to the spirits of just men made perfect. The prophecy of communion is if you stay in his church, he will perfect you. His church has no spots. <laughs> that church, no thank you. My church, some days I feel like I belong. Our church, some days I feel like we belong together. But his church, that's what we're celebrating today. That church, it has a wonderful effect on civic life. But it's not as important as my church, where I have a sense of belonging and purpose. Our church is even better because that's where I learned that by living with you in community, as we embody the purposes of Jesus Christ in this world, we learn to serve one another and our neighbor in the love that Christ has shed abroad in our hearts by the infilling of His Holy Spirit through the new birth experience. That, friend, is what Jesus had in mind and instituted as His church, placed on the rock of his word and without fail it will continue to batter the gates of hell which shall not prevail against it because Jesus is going to continue to build his church don't you want to be a part of that project let's be part of his church today God bless you and thank you friend for joining us at Arlington